this very often, but I, I just wanted to do this today. Uh, we've got a young man who's been attending our church ever since I've been here. His name's John Medcraft. Everybody know John? I, we, we've just kind of adopted him into our family, sort of. He, he goes out and eats with us occasionally, hangs out with us, plays video games with the guys and all that. And this morning I, I was talking to him and I said, you know, if your middle name was Robert, I said, you would be officially in the Baker family. You know that. And he told me, he said, my middle name is Robert. <laughs> I thought, it's God's will. He's the other son that I never knew that I had. Isn't, isn't that great? Isn't that great? He's been hanging out with a young lady, lady lately by the name of Kaylin, and she's visited with us a couple of times, and she's here this morning. And this morning, uh, he said, I'd like to share something with you, and pointed down to her finger, and she stuck it out, and there was this beautiful little ring. And let me tell you, it did not come out of the Cracker Jack Jack's box. And he said, we are officially engaged. So would you congratulate them today? Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Good job, John. And then over on this side of the house, we've got a couple of young people in our church that have recently uh, gotten engaged. I don't think their significant others are here with them today, but Elena Trammell just got engaged and is planning her wedding. And not to be outdone, her brother Austin, when she got engaged, he felt like, well, I need to get on it too. And so he invited his girlfriend to spend the rest of his, her life with him, and they are officially engaged. Uh, Austin's not here today, but we congratulate him anyway, right? And so over the next few weeks and months, you're going to need to pray prayers of grace and strength for the Trammell family as they prepare two weddings for their children. They're going to need all the grace they can get. So isn't God good? I mean, He really is. Uh, you know, God is just bringing people into our lives that can bring blessing to us. And I'm just so thankful to God that He is blessing you as abundantly as He is. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'd like for you to grab them and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now, that's in the Old Testament. It also will be on the screens. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation this morning because it makes it a little bit easier for us to understand. I'm going to be closing out our, our current sermon series today. Um, we have been for the last six weeks talking about the God of the movement. And you may have noticed that the graphic that we use is very, uh, very interesting because one of, the, one of the segments in there is in a different color and it brings out the fact that, that we live in God moments. That we live in moments where we can see the hand of God upon our life. But in those moments, we must be aware that He is always moving us to a new place of blessing. So those moments turn into movements. And we understand that what God is doing now is all predicated upon what He's going to do next. 
So our relationship with the Lord is not static. It's not something that stays in one place. No matter where you come from, no matter how old you are today, I can guarantee you that God is interested in moving you from where you are to where He wants you to be in your walk with Him. And so today we're going to talk about and and bring some closure to this in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And before I start reading, just let me mention to you that Moses is speaking to his people. Now they've been in the desert, they've been moving through the wilderness, they've been moving from one place to the next place at the direction of God and under the leadership of Moses. And God has had them living on the edge for 40 years. You remember how that we talked a couple of weeks about, ago how that God will move you from your season of comfort and put you on the edge so that you are constantly aware of the fact that your next move must be uh, driven by and directed by God. And here we see them living on the edge Moses is now 120 years old. Do we have any 120-year-olds in the house today? How many of you feel 120 on some days? And so he realizes, and he even makes the statement here, as we'll see, that he is not able to lead them any longer, and there has to be a transition that takes place. And Joshua is the man who has been mentored under the hand of Moses to take them to the next level. And so almost as though he's giving his last address in some ways to Israel, he speaks these words that we find in chapter 30 in the book of Deuteronomy. Beginning at verse 1, it says, In the future when you experience... I'm sorry, I, uh, did I give you verse 1 through the end of the chapter? All right, well, let me do what I told you. Let's go to verse 11, and that way they won't feel the pressure upstairs. You can read the rest of it today. This command, verse 11, this command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you to understand. And it is not beyond your reach. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey. It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so that we can hear it and obey. No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. Now listen. Today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep His commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in His ways. For if you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. 
verse 19. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I believe that already in its reading, it has begun to stir hearts to choose life today. You know, I was raised, Lord, in a very difficult church situation. The traditions of the church seem to be so much more important at times than the the life of the scripture that I have come to love and discover in my mature years. And I pray that today that you will help us just to understand that when we walk with you and when we love you and live in your spirit, that we can choose life, that we can expect blessings to come from your hand into our lives. So I pray for those today who have may, may have found living for you hard at times and difficult at times, even to the point that they've wanted to give up. Lord, I pray that you will stir their soul and sp- stir their spirit and their minds to understand today that living for you is the greatest blessing that we can ever experience on the face of this earth. Now, Father, I'm asking you to help me to preach effectively today, to say what needs to be said, to say it in a way that it can be understood so that we can accept it and put it to work in our lives. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, choose life. Oh, you can do better than that. Scream at them. Say, choose life. There you go. Sometimes choosing can be very difficult. The reality about choice is that it happens every day in our lives. Sometimes it's just small little things that really don't have a whole lot of import into our lives. It's just, do I want to drink coffee today or would I rather have tea? Would I rather have cornbread or would I rather have biscuits? That's what they always ask you at Cracker Barrel, by the way. I never understood that question because regardless of which one you choose, they always bring a whole platter full of both. How many of you have noticed that? I mean, so why choose? Why waste a good choice on something that you're going to get both of anyway? We make these choices, and some of these are very minimal and really don't carry a lot of weight in our lives. And then... And then we get older and we start finding ourselves having to make decisions that are a little more important. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Where am I going to work? Am I going to go to college or am I going to go to, go to trade school? Which am I going to do? Am I going to get married or am I going to remain single? Both are excellent choices depending upon God's will for your life. But we begin to make these decisions that become very, very important in our lives. 
And so as we come to the end of this sermon series and we, and we catch up with Israel as they are getting ready to move into a new season, they're getting ready to move into the promised land, then we see them being forced into a position where they have to make some choices. And Moses is attempting to prepare them for these choices that they will have to make. Now, it boils down to the reality that there are only two choices to make. Moses tells them that God has set before them today life and death, blessing and cursing. And so he says to them, it is your choice to decide how you want God to bless you. He will either bless you with life, or if you choose He will allow death to be your legacy. If you want blessing to be your legacy, you can choose that. But if not, you can choose to have the curse of the world upon you. But it is your choice to make. And he tells us to choose. So today let's look at these two choices. The first choice is the choice of death and destruction. Now, you would think that most people would certainly not choose death and destruction, and yet there are times that we do exactly that. For instance, there are times that we choose by hesitating to accept the blessings of God upon our lives. I've known young people, and I've talked with young people before that will say, I'll serve God later. I I don't really need to serve Him right now. I'm young. I've got a lot of choices that I can make right now. I want to enjoy life to the full now, and I can become a Christian later. Or I can be sold out to God at a different time in my life. But can I tell you that that we know, based on research, that a, a young person makes a decision to follow Christ before they turn 18 years of age, most of the time. Now, that's not always true. There are older people that become Christians that were not Christians that they were when they were younger. But most individuals choose to follow Christ prior to the age of 18. I'm reminded of people like Jensen Franklin, who is a Church of God pastor. He's, he is a pastor of Free Chapel in Georgia, and also in California, and now in multiple locations around the United States. But did you know that Jensen Franklin, when he was just a teenager, he just lived down the street from the Church of God campground in North Carolina. And as a teenager, he would go down to the tabernacle, and he was there all by himself, and he would go down to the altar in that tabernacle and spend time praying and seeking God as a teenager. And when he was a teenager, he made the commitment to Jesus Christ that I will do whatever you have asked me to do. I will commit myself to you. I will not give myself to anything other than service into the kingdom of God. 
And because of that commitment, as a young teenager, he has the opportunity to minister around the world and even is one of the ministers in the United States who is very close to our president and is able to get into his inner sanctum, if you will, and lay hands on him and pray for him that God would use him to, as he leads this great nation. You say, well, that's Jensen Franklin. But listen, there was a time when Jensen Franklin was not Jensen Franklin. There was a time when Jensen Franklin was just a young, snot-nosed kid walking up and down the street to the Church of God tabernacle and crying out to God and saying, please use me in any way that you can so that my voice can bring glory to God. He refused to hesitate to turn his life over to Christ. Some of you that are young in this sanctuary today, let me encourage you, don't wait until you get older. You never know what God might do in your life today, in the now, that will move you to where he wants you to be in the future. I, I didn't plan to do this, but I left my New Living Translation Bible at home this morning. I forgot. I always just grabbed my ESV and I forgot my NLT. <laughs> sounds, like I'm, it sounds like I'm making an order at Burger King, doesn't it? So I asked Jonathan if I could borrow his. And when he put it in my hands, I remembered this, this particular Bible. And it, it was written in, in the first part of it, by my wife and I when we gave it to him many years ago. It says, son, as you use this Bible in study and in preparation for times of ministry, always remember that God is more interested in you and the relationship that you share with him than any other thing ministry included. A wise young man chose the motto for our family crest. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. There is wisdom for your lifetime contained in these pages. Always turn to this volume for instruction and inspiration, for it is a well that will never run dry. We could not be more proud of your accomplishments on this occasion, and we stand behind you as you stand at this threshold. You, Elizabeth, and Benjamin looking forward with great anticipation to behold God's unfolding plan for your lives. We love you, Mom and Dad. Now, I didn't read that to you today so that you could tell what good parents you were. Listen, we've not been that great of parents. But one thing that we decided years ago when we started our family is that they were going to know beyond any shadow of a doubt we have a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the kingdom of God. And as far as the Baker household goes, uh, we are going to serve him every last moment of our day because we know that that is our calling. So let me remind you today, you can choose death. You can choose destruction if you want to, but don't hesitate. Don't, don't have any reservation at all in your life that the best choice that you can make is to follow him and do it as early as you possibly can. It's the most important decision that you'll ever make. 
But not only do we hesitate, but sometimes we just refuse. Sometimes we know the truth. Sometimes we understand what the truth is. And we snub our nose at the commandments of God. Let me remind you that God is fully aware. And that the scripture says God will not be mocked. We are responsible for our own choices. And if you desire to do so, you can choose death and you can choose destruction. You can do it when you have a rebellious heart against the things of God. You can do it by simply doing nothing at all. You have to choose to enter into a covenant with God. No one can do it for you. My mom and dad were Church of God ministers for over 60 years. My dad came out of the military a non-Christian. But shortly after, he gave his life to Jesus Christ, married a good, godly woman, and they began serving the Lord Jesus Christ many, many years ago. But their relationship with Christ was not going to be sufficient to get me into heaven. It was not going to be the same relationship that I could have with him. Listen, your relationship with Jesus Christ is yours only, and you are the one who will be held responsible for the decisions that you make. So we can choose, we can hesitate, we can refuse to choose. We can rebel against it. We can choose the death option by following other gods. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 17, excuse me, chapter 30, verses 17, 18, and 19. It says, But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter into and possess. And I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your offspring may live. In other words, he say, in other words what he is saying is, is that you have the choice to accept death and destruction, but if you do, you cannot expect God to bless you the way that he will if you instead choose life. Now, I, I've wondered how I'm going to say this to you. I hope I can say it with as much grace as I can, but I am responsible as a minister of the gospel to speak truth to you. The fact of the matter is, is that unless you're holding up your end of the bargain, which means that you're choosing life, and you are in covenant relationship with Christ, unless you're doing that, you cannot expect God to bless you in the way that you really want Him to bless you. I'm amazed through the years at the number of people that I have counseled that want God to do a particular thing in their life, but they're not willing to commit their life to Him. They just want the blessing. They don't want to do the work. They just want the corn on the cob. 
They don't want to plow up the garden and plant the seed and place the, the manure on it so it'll grow. They don't want anything to do with that. They just want the blessing. So let this pastor say to you with as much love as I can possibly muster today, I want you to be blessed in every area of your life. But your blessing does not, does not depend necessarily upon the church that you attend, but it depends upon the covenant relationship that you have with Jesus Christ and your willingness to obey the Word of God and His commandments. And if you'll do that, God will bless you. But if you don't, you have, of your own will and accord, chosen death and destruction. Other gods get in the way. The God of alcohol and drugs, we see that in our nation today. The God of sex, premarital and extramarital sex. God never intended any of that for the people of God. For those of you who may be in a relationship that I just mentioned a few minutes ago, you're getting ready to get married, wait, because that is God's plan for you. It is not God's plan for you to try out that individual and see if you're compatible with them. It is God's will for you to wait so that you can enter into a pure covenant of God as the two of you become one in marriage. So we are to not let those things get in the way of our choice. It brings death. It brings destruction. There's the God of comfort. We just want to be comfortable. God, don't, don't, don't make me feel any pain or, or, or don't make me feel any frustration. I just want to be comfortable. God is not concerned about you being comfortable. He's concerned about you being conformed, conformable to His Word and to His will. He wants to grow you up. The God of pride. The God of things. I want more stuff. I want to work more hours so that I can have a bigger house and a better car. And so that I can have the full spectrum lineup of TV so that I don't have to get just half of it. I want more money. I want more stuff. I want more things, even if it means that it keeps me out of the house of God. And it keeps me out of my personal time studying the Word of God. I want things. We cannot serve both God and money. We cannot give our lives to covetousness. Boy, I like their car. I wish I had it. I think I'll steal it. Man, their spouse sure is good looking. I, I'm sure people think that about Donna's spouse all the time. His spouse, she's a fine looking woman. I covet that. That is not of God, people. And we have a responsibility to put those kinds of things out of our mind. We watch movies and we watch television programs. I could name a few, but I'm going to get away from that because I'll step on some toes. 
But when we watch programs that make our mind think about what it would be like to be with that woman or to be with that man or to have a relationship that is open like this movie star or that one or this celebrity or that celebrity, we are opening up our mind and we are choosing death and destruction and it will eventually pay dividends in our relationship. I'm saying all of this with love today. Just like Moses was saying to his people, if you choose death and destruction, it even says that that Moses said that God is causing heaven to make sure that they understand the choices that you're making. In other words, God knows. God is fully aware. Okay, I'm going to move on. Because I've made you particularly uncomfortable this morning. But just like we can choose death and destruction, the Bible also tells us that we can choose life. I like that, don't you? I'd much rather choose life than choose death and destruction. But we have the opportunity to do so. Now I want you to notice Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 11. It says, now what I am commanding you today is not, look at your neighbor and say not, too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Have you ever thought, oh, I can't do that. I'm not able to live for the Lord. I'm not able to fulfill all that He wants me to fulfill. Can I just share with you today? That that is a lie from the enemy wanting to convince you that you are not able to live for God the way that God says you are able to live for Him. It is a lie of the enemy. It is a lie of the enemy. It is a lie of the enemy. Because God has never said to you, you are not able to do what I've called you to do and asked you to do. In fact, God has said, I will help you to do everything that I'm asking you to do so that the blessings of heaven can be born out in your life. But here's the problem. We want to do it on our own. We, we want to attempt to live for Christ based on our own strength and our own ideas. But God has not called us to do that. It is not too difficult for you to do. Romans chapter 10, verses 6 through 11 says, But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, 
anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. What's coming out of your mouth? What's coming out of your heart? He said, if you will allow the right things to come out of your mouth and the right things to come out of your heart, uh, then it will not be too difficult for you to live for Jesus Christ. So if you're struggling in your relationship with God, and if you're struggling in your relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're struggling with this thing called Christianity, I double dog dare you today to do an inventory of your heart and the words that are coming off of your mouth and refuse to allow them to infect your spirit man any longer. So I can't, I can't stop myself from saying that. That's a lie from hell. It's a lie from hell. It's a lie from hell. It's a lie from hell. He is a liar. The devil is the father of all lies. But Jesus will speak the truth to you. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The truth shall set you free. Amen? What are you saying to yourself? I, I, the other day I was reading something and I just had this thought. You're just too old, man. You just, you're not cool anymore. You don't get it. You, you know, you're not... You just, you're just too old. And, I, and then I started saying it. I said, I'm too old, I'm too old, too old, I'm too old. And, I, and it, finally I started hurting and my knee hurting, my ear hurting, my, and my leg hurting. I'm, I'm thinking, man, I'm old, I'm old, I'm old. And I had to stop myself in my tracks and say, you are not too old. You are just right. You are exactly where God intended for you to be at this season in your life. And I had to stop myself from saying, I'm too old, I'm too old, I'm too old. Listen, I'm so young and cool now that I can hardly stand it. I'm so young and cool now that people look at me and say, that man looks like Mark Lowry or Tom Selleck or look how cool that man looks and how happy and healthy he is. How are you talking to yourself? How are you saying? Moses said, listen, it is not too difficult for you to get this done. It is close to you. It's near to you. Listen, you don't have to come to church to be blessed of God, although you should come to church. This is where we get edified. This is where we, that, that we get uh, growth and maturity and wisdom. And This is a place where we can serve and give back and bless others. God's church, God loves His church. He gave His Son for the church. How could we ever hate something that God loves so much and gave His Son for? That too is a lie from hell. I don't need to go to church. I don't need, a, need to be a part of a local body. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as, the, as is the manner of some, and especially in the last days as we see Jesus Christ getting ready to come back. Let's stop living by the lies of the devil and start accepting the truth of God's Word so that He can bless us. In every way possible. We can also choose life by clinging to God. Notice verses 19 and 20. 
19 and 20 says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life so that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. I like that line that says, hold fast to him. Cling to him. I remember when Aaron was just a a little girl. Aaron was always a very small little girl. And uh, she's stubborn. She still is. She's like her mother. She really, she's like me. When she was little, you could spank that kid. Now listen, don't anybody turn me into the law, okay? Back in those days, it was legal. Well, we used to spank our kids. I'm not saying you should do that or have to do that. I'm just saying we did. You could spank my daughter and she'd look at you like, do it again. I dare you. It didn't hurt. I didn't feel a thing. There were days I would spank her little bottom and she'd look at me and I'd think what she was saying is, is that the best you've got? And she's stubborn. She's still stubborn. You can tell her I said that. You know, I really wondered when you were going to chime in. I'm feeding you these opportunities. She's stubborn. I remember one time, she didn't didn't really like to hug much and all that kind of stuff. She just kind of her own little thing going around in the house, you know, just kind of doing that thing. But I remember we were out one day, I don't know what we were doing, but a storm came up and we were at a gas station and I was outside putting gasoline in the car, and she had gone into the gas station to go potty. Our kids always go potty every time we stop. Even though we are all adults now, if we stop, somebody's going to go potty. And there's a good chance that all of us will, because we say, well, we're stopped. We might as well try. You know what I'm saying? So she had gone in, And as she came out, the wind from that storm all of a sudden burst onto the scene. And I'm telling you, stuff was flying everywhere. Trash cans were going here. Trash was going. Leaves and branches were going everywhere. And it looked pretty intimidating. And her little eyes were about this big as she's coming out back from the bathroom. And she didn't try to get inside the car. She came over to where I was and latched onto me so strong that I couldn't even hardly move. She was clinging to me for dear life. She thought that I had the ability to save her life and calm the storm. I didn't want to disappoint her. So with her there grasping onto my legs, I stretched forth my hands and said, Peace be still. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I think Jesus might have done that. But here's the point I'm making. She ran 
to the one that she thought would bring safety to her in that moment. And what I, I've never understood this, why that when people get in a mess, they want to run from the church. They want to run from the Lord. They want to run from the Holy Spirit. They want to run from the Scripture. Listen, God is not interested in you running from Him. He wants you to run to Him and cling to Him because He is your life. He is your life. Come if you will and help me quit. Mark chapter 16 and verse 16 says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Do you see the choice? Do you see the choice in choosing life or choosing condemnation? Let me just tell you today that the only sensible choice for you to make today is to cling to Jesus. To not give up on Him. You say, okay, Pastor, well, what happens if I cling to Him, if I run to Him? Well, I went back to my ESV now. And in chapter 30, I want you to listen closely to what he says. He says in verse 2, And if you will return to the Lord your God, you and your children, and obey His voice and all that I command you today with all your heart and with all your soul, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you. And in verse 5 it says, And He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers, and He will circumcise your heart or create a new heart in you. Verse 7 says, And the Lord your God will put all those curses on your foes and on your enemies. Verse 9, The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous. Verse, uh, and then later in verse 9, for the Lord will again take delight in prospering you. You see, it's very clear that the choice here that we have today is to choose life, to choose life and prosperity, or to choose death and destruction. And the choice is yours. If you want death and if you want destruction, if you want to live a life in such a way that you cannot expect the blessings of God upon your life, then choose death. Choose destruction. But if you want to be blessed by God, if you want eternal security in Jesus Christ, then you're going to have to choose Him and choose His ways. Because He is your only hope. But oh, what hope it brings to know that He wants to bless us. I want you to choose life today. I want you to start thinking about what you're thinking about. And I want you to start thinking about what you're saying. And I want you to start thinking about what you're believing. And I want you to change if you must change in order to allow the word of life to overtake you so that blessings can be yours in Christ's name. Will you stand with me this morning?
I want you, if you would, to bow your heads this morning, close your eyes, and let me, let me just mention one other thing to you very briefly. This Bible teaches that there is a heaven and that there is a hell. Heaven will bring unfathomable blessings. We can't even imagine what heaven will bring. We can't even imagine the goodness that will come to us because of heaven. And we can all go there by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Heaven can be ours. But listen, God not only created heaven, but He created a place called hell. And I don't care what any of the new age ministers of the gospel are trying to say that that's just a concept that it doesn't really it's not really there it's just it's just heaven and hell only takes place on the earth and there's no place that no no there is a literal hell and men and women will go there but listen i do not want you to spend eternity in hell, which is a place where you will forever be outside of the presence of Jesus Christ. I want you to go to heaven. I want to take you with me to heaven. I intend to go. But it's your choice. Someone recently said, I cannot believe in a God who will choose to send people to hell. Can I believe that that kind of God is a God of love? Listen. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should have eternal life in Jesus Christ. So if you go to hell, it will be because you chose death and destruction instead of life and blessing. But here's the good news right now. This very second, this very moment, this very day can be your day of decision. For those of you who are watching by live stream today, let me tell you, you can do it right where you are. Right there in your home, right in that motel room, right in your car, wherever you are. All you have to do is acknowledge that you are a sinner, but you can speak words of life and choose them. And Jesus Christ is not willing that any should be cast away, but He will receive all who come to Him. Do you believe that today? Now, if you're here in this house this morning and you have never initiated a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you'd like to do that this morning, would you just slip your hand up so I can see who you are right now? Just put your hand up. Amen. Anyone here? Amen. I believe that if you right where you are will simply say, Lord, I believe I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sent to give his life so that I could have life. I believe it. I confess it. 
And I want to be your child today in Jesus' name. If you prayed a prayer like that, then I believe with all my heart that the Lord has accepted you and brought you into the kingdom of God. I saw your hand when it went up. And I'm believing that the Lord saw it too. And He is ministering to you and bringing you into the household of faith this morning. Now for the rest of us today, that means that we're children of God. We can choose life. We have chosen life. We choose life every day. And because of Him, we have the great blessings of heaven freely, freely, and liberally given to us. Aren't you glad to have the blessings of God in your life? I want the ushers to come this morning and prepare to distribute communion. We're getting ready to close with that. If you're here this morning and you'd like to receive communion with us today, I want you in just a moment, as they begin to sing, I want you to come and let the ushers serve you and then stay down front and we will dismiss together from the altar area this morning. Will you come? Oh, the blood.